0: We do want to say to people, come to Chinatown.
1: Here we are. All righty, people. How's it going? It's Morgan Zeggers. We're back with another episode of the podcast. Um, I'm really tired right now because I just had a quick turn and burn to a speech in Colorado. Um, But what do you know? Things happened there, and so we're making a whole podcast episode out of it. Not because I really care about... (laughs) what actually happened, but because it's a fascinating case study of just one example of what is actually going on on probably thousands of college campuses around the country. Um, So I hope this is more of an eye-opener for you. I really don't usually look at these comments or Pay attention to these people. I actually don't even think we're going to change their minds ever, but it's so important for us to understand their behaviors, their tactics, their accusations, and why they do these things. So what do you know? We're going to look at what these people said when they found out I was arriving at their campus to give a speech. Dun, 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 the evil Morgan Zeggers. Um, Let's get into it. Wait, actually, but first... Let's keep in mind how young people think. I think that there's a lot of people more concerned about being precisely, factually, and semantically correct than about being morally right. She just hits the nail on the head for so many young people these days. They're all driven by... The idea that what they're doing is moral and righteous and progressive and uh, proper for society. They think they're right, even though the science and the basic facts are not on their side. Now, I'll get into this in a little bit, but one of the most important lessons that I want you guys to understand is that things that seem like little issues, like maybe women's sports, you know, some people don't care, or, or women's bathrooms, protecting who goes in those or not, whatever it may be, Being able to agree on basic science is so important for society. We must have objective truth in this country. And if we don't, then what what foundation do we have to make any policy solutions or any sort of debate on issues moving forward? There is no foundation to stand on if we can't agree on objective truth, if we can't remove emotion from an issue to evaluate the basic facts. That being said, let's get into it now. So, you guys, I I really don't like traveling anymore. I'm kind Of migrating away from my um, traveling years and hopefully settling into more of my homestead years, and I'm so thankful for that. I'm really just kind of a, a softie at this point. I, I can't get it in me to to want to even argue, with, especially with little communists on college campuses, and that's usually who comes to protest me whenever I speak on those things. So I don't, even, like, I don't even, I didn't even go to CPAC, like I used to always go to CPAC, and I didn't even want to go and do Media Row this year. It's just, it's not. In my interest anymore, and it's not required for me to be at those things in order to maintain the businesses that I operate. And so, I, I just like to be a homebody, and I'll go out sometimes and do some speeches. So, Colorado School of Mines is a big school that I support, and I know the students there. I know Lacey who runs the Turning Point operations for activism in that region of Colorado and and you know the mountainous area of the country and I love her so much and so when they asked me to come I said you know what it is a quick flight from Arizona I can pop up and I just thought it would be an intimate thing I I really didn't expect some big event because a lot of the times on college campuses, the the turning point chapters are just getting started and they're excited and they more so need advice and mentorship and they have a bunch of questions and they they want advice on careers, all these things. And so that's usually what my kind of speech is because I'm not like a rambunctious scream debater or I'm not trying to own people and then take a clip of it and post it on the internet and go viral, all that stuff that's not really my intention when I go to speeches. And so they asked me to just come and talk about the importance of understanding history, the importance of understanding fact. And I think they, they titled this speech that I was going to give, um, my rights don't end where your feelings begin or something like that. And I was supposed to talk about what I do for my nonprofit, where I interview survivors from communist countries and they just tell the basic facts of their story of what it was like to live under a communist regime. And, the rise of the radical left in America, how that those stories relate to what's going on today. So usually I talk about the work that I do, and then I talk about some of the stories. I talk about the rising groups of the radical left in America, the tactics that they use, and then some solutions. So things like education reform, uh, things like becoming more self-reliant and not dependent on the government. Um, and then most specifically, lately, I really like to add in a segment about freedom being a lifestyle and embracing the idea of rethinking not only education, but leadership and community in your life. So improving yourself as an individual, and then I usually always end my speech as like strong individuals lead to strong families, strong families to strong communities and strong communities to a strong country. And and that's how we'll, we'll move this country forward again. So that's kind of a synopsis on my usual campus speech. It has nothing to do with, with, with trans issues, but what do you know? Um, I got to campus and we had dinner with the students before, I headed to the speech and they had just casually mentioned like, Oh yeah, there's protesters there by the way. And I was like, what, <laughs> what are they, what are they protesting me for? Cause sometimes maybe like five communists come like self-identifying communists will come and they tell me that communism is good. I've had one student, I think at Syracuse, maybe he actually asked me, how can you be so against communism when the USSR had such a successful GDP? And wow. Um, I I think I said something to him along the lines of like, I I don't just judge an economic system based on on the numbers for the economy or the financial success that you can achieve. I, I believe in making sure that the system of government and the economy that's there secures an individual's basic human rights and does not oppress the people and also gives them the economic independence they need to pursue happiness and to live a free life. There's so many factors to that, and that's why I love the balance of capitalism and uh, strategic republic-style government here in America. Um, So I don't care what the GDP of the USSR was. First of all, it's kind of a fake number. You can't trust anything from those places. Um, I don't care if it was successful. Millions of people still died from famine, and, and terrible, terrible things happened because the government had too much power over the people. So I really don't care if it had a good GDP or not, which it didn't. Um, But I get those kind of questions all the time just from a few people. So it was kind of surprising to me to find out that I had like 40 protesters because I'm kind of just lay low usually. Um, And then I was even more surprised to find out that they weren't communists. They were um, people who were saying that I was uh, transphobic (laughs) and misogynistic. And I think even the, the girls engineering club or group on campus was there to protest that issue as well, and I was like, "the the girl engineers are saying that about me." Um, so, to for you guys to understand, I do not let any of that stuff like impact me <laughs> in any way. I'm always in my little happy place of like planning my homestead. Okay, I, I spend an hour a day on Pinterest, like planning things out and mapping things out for myself. That's where my mind's at. And I just like to talk to the students when I go to the school, so I don't really worry about the, the negative people there or what people say on the internet. But I found it so fascinating to see their behavior and to see how it all played out over the speech because I was like, wait, they're saying I'm a transphobic person and a misogynist, and I get those attacks all the time. I mean, I'm called a Nazi, a white supremacist, a, a bigot, a xenophobe. Did I say sexist? Uh, you know, how the, there's so many words, you guys. And so I get all the words all the time, but it's just because I'm a conservative woman. What they usually say about conservative women is that we're problematic. I don't know if you guys have heard of Heritage Foundation, Daily Signal. They have um they have a podcast called Problematic Women because it's just become a thing now for liberals to say that our views as conservative women are problematic and. I just find it so funny because I'm very much pro women uh, and I'm very much pro science. And with a ton of things out there, you can look at something like, I don't know, the science of sex. If you have sex with someone, women release hormones that men don't release when they have sex. And so women release hormones that make you feel connected to that person. And so no wonder after you hook up with someone and then they don't want to talk to you the next day, you feel depressed. And society still, for some reason, likes to tell women that you'll feel empowered by that. Um, You can tell yourself that you feel empowered. You can tell yourself whatever you want. But the science of it, if you care about yourself, you would be smart enough to not do that to yourself when you know the impact it's going to have biologically, scientifically on yourself and your self-esteem and um, your mental state. Do it for yourself, if anything. I'm not saying, like, be a Christian and save yourself from marriage. I don't care, okay? But if you want to just be selfish and care about yourself for a second, go ahead and say, you know what? I'm going to do this for my mental health. I am not going to submit myself to this because it's biological that this will happen to women. So um, I love science, and I love finding out about that stuff. I also recently, I was getting made fun of, Because I I found out about the science between day milk and night milk. And so it turns out night milk, um, like women's breast milk, has more melatonin in it. And it's to help the baby fall asleep. And then day milk actually has three times the level of cortisol in it. And that helps the baby wake up and be more attentive. And the problem is that parents didn't really know this. And so they store that breast milk in the fridge for a few days um, if there's extra and then they give without labeling the baby day milk at night and night milk in the morning and they're wondering why the baby is so thrown off it's because you're giving the baby that's supposed to be falling asleep at night day milk with cortisol in it that makes them stay awake (laughs) so i i love learning about the human body and everything and again that's just basic science and so i love that stuff and i think it's really important for us to know more about our bodies and about how this all works um it's quite fascinating so either way uh turns out they were calling me transphobic and misogynist back to the the point of the protest i was just really thrown off by it because i i consider myself to be very pro woman and not only do i consider myself to be pro woman i know that i am pro woman uh in society i am considered pro woman by any normal uh standard And I am not transphobic at all. And what was even more shocking is when the students told me what was being referenced by these protesters to call me transphobic. It was a story um, that I did, a little story news clip that I did a couple months ago about a father who was speaking out for his daughter who was in ninth grade and got sexually assaulted in a girl's bathroom after a boy... Dressed up as a girl, um, I I believe, you know, identified as a, a girl, went into the girl's bathroom at her school. And and attacked her in some really vicious ways. And um, the school board pretended to not know about it and then got caught about, oh yeah, we actually knew about it, but they allowed the father to get in trouble for causing a ruckus at the board meeting. It it was a whole mess, basically. But they used this video of me talking about this very specific issue and the problem of, of safety for girls we are trying to appease the 1%, less than 1% of the American population is trans, sexual, or transgender. Apparently those are different now. Um, I don't believe that they are. When you have less than 1% of the country as trans and you're now submitting 50% of the country, the girls, to unsafe environments just to appease the 1%, it just doesn't make sense. And so in no way am I saying that I hate trans people in no way am I saying that they can't be who they want to be. Honestly, you you do you, but you cannot push your lifestyle onto the rest of society. You cannot educate our children on being trans and sharing the many sexualities that you guys have created over the last few years. You cannot send our kids or try to even message an idea like a sexy summer camp to our children. In Florida, the don't say gay bill, that is to stop The teaching and the talking about sexuality, especially the LGBTQ stuff, with children that are third grade and lower. Third grade and younger. And the left is acting like, oh, now you can't say gay in Florida, or whatever they have propagandized it into. That has nothing to do with that. This is about protecting young children from sexualized content that they should not be exposed to. So there is a big difference when you're calling someone transphobic, That the left needs to understand. Me saying that we need to have protections for children, protections for young women who are going into bathrooms alone, and protections for things like women's sports where there are biological differences in things like bone density and muscle build and testosterone levels between men and women that just make it naturally unfair. And it's important to defend those things. It's important for women to have a safe and fair place to compete. And I will continue to defend those things. That does not make me hateful to people that choose to be trans. It does not make me hateful at all. In fact, it's pretty common sense and should be a standard that we can set. And I'll get more into that later because actually one person came from the protest and, and we talked after. Only one, though. How shocking is that? So either way, I looked up definitions because I was like, this is hilarious. Are they actually calling me misogynist? Because I knew what misogynist meant. Um, But I was like, maybe the leftist lingo has changed again and it's now some new term. Or are they really calling me what I think they're calling me? Because you guys, you've got to be kidding me. The definition of misogynist is strongly prejudiced against women. Deeply ingrained misogynistic attitudes. So basically, you don't like women. And I heard this and I said, they're calling me this. They're saying this about me. Are you kidding me? Because I'm all about um, promoting femininity and promoting womanhood, protecting that, because I think women have a special and unique role in this society. And we are not exactly the same as men, but we are unique and we are just as valuable and we deserve just as much as men have in society. I don't believe that there should be mistreatment of us in any way, but we have to acknowledge our differences, and that's how society really thrives, when you have the combination of both masculinity and femininity from both sides of the aisle. And by that I mean men and women, not Republican, Democrat. But they call me this misogynist thing, and the first funny thing is that I was joking about it I posted a little video on social media and I was like, I was like, they're calling me misogynist. I had to even Google what that meant to make sure that they were really calling me that. (laughs) And again, guys joking, because it's that dumb to call someone like me a misogynist and then what do you know they, they couldn't find any like victories I guess you could say like they had no serious points to make other than holding posters outside of the event that they ended up not even coming into um, and so then they started making fun of me saying <laughs> she had to google misogynist to even know what it meant you guys I was kidding it's because this whole situation is pathetic and I really just wanted to make sure you were actually using that word against me let's just make that very clear Now, transphobia is dislike or prejudice against transsexual or transgender people. Okay, Um, I find it so interesting and this reminded me of like Amy Coney Barrett, right? She was unproblematic. They wanted problems with her, but she wasn't a man and so they couldn't accuse her of raping someone in college. They couldn't accuse her of raping someone in high school. They always find problems. I mean, what they did to Brett Kavanaugh was disgusting. They couldn't find a problem like that because she's a woman. And so... After looking at all of her past, what did they do to Amy Coney Barrett? They were like, uh, I mean she adopted a a, a child of color, and that's kind of like a colonizer. <laughs> so they ended up calling her a colonizer for daring to adopt someone that wasn't white. That's pathetic. And it shows they're just trying to manufacture a crisis to help promote their narrative because they need something to feed off of. They need to feel like they are serving. And this goes, I I had this whole theory that for so long, our purpose as humans has been to survive. It has been to take care of our family, put food on the table, to literally have to grow the food, put food on the table, work, and make sure that you were safe and secure and, and survived the environment that was the world at the time. And now we have had so many great expansions and improvements in technology and, and in basic societal structures that now we don't have to worry about basic survival things that 's not our purpose anymore, and I actually think that 's to the detriment of a lot of people because we we lack purpose, and that leads people to not know what to do with themselves and and I think that 's part of why we see so much depression why I see why we see so much struggle and sadness in our society these days, because the world has changed, and because we no longer have our core purpose of providing and feeding and protecting our family on a a primal level. Unless you seek out purpose and service to others in life, you will feel empty on the inside. You will not feel fulfilled in your soul. And so many people on the left are searching for that purpose because what do you know? Their left promotes no religion, no family, no love. They remove some of the most primal sources, natural sources of happiness and fulfillment in life. And they have to fill that void. And so they fill it by joining these movements that that give them this sense of purpose. And you'll see that with the comments that they gave. But I think that's why so many people who have probably never heard of me or seen me before because I'm low key, I don't, I'm not like a big name or anything They heard there was a protest going on. They heard that it was going to be a transphobic speaker. But shocker here, I was there to talk about history and socialism, communism, and the Federalist Papers. And so they go and protest some scary trans speaker thinking, oh my god, she did this whole video being a transphobe. You guys, I was reporting on a story about a father who was speaking out about his daughter that was raped in a bathroom. Okay. But to see the the passion that they had for this issue as if they were standing up for human rights because that's what they thought they were doing, it was fascinating. And that's what leads me to the next. So we get to the campus and the students then warn me, oh yeah, they put up all these posters. They put up posters on like all the doors, in all the elevators, on the stairwell, all this stuff leading up to the event that said human rights don't end where your feelings begin. Kind of like a, a play on the... The speech title that they gave for me. And so now they've broadened it to not only am I a misogynist and a transphobe, but now I'm against human rights? That was a big leap. Um, uh, you know, where do you connect the dots there? And so th- this is another message for you guys. I am not interested in trying to change their mind and convince these people that I care about human rights. I don't have to, I don't have to waste my time trying to let these people know, oh, no, no, you guys, I'm very nice. I believe in human rights. Let me explain to you why I believe in human rights. I don't have to, okay? I'm not going to waste my time. These are ad hominem attacks, and these are baseless attacks, and these people are just looking for fulfillment in this uh, empty political movement that they've joined on their campus. That is all, okay? So I don't get affected by that, but it's important for us to understand because we've now gone from just accusing me of having concerning views on, on one issue to now I'm rejecting basic human rights for, for individuals in America, which is completely un-American. And then what we have next is they said that my presence, my ability to speak on the campus makes people feel unsafe and that they deserve to feel safe. And because my presence makes people feel unsafe, what do you know? I shouldn't be there. That's where we, we get to that scary slope. Of all of a sudden, we have now gone to anti-First Amendment, of anti-respecting other people's opposing opinions and views on issues. That's the difference between us and them. I believe people should be able to speak out on their issues and protest and do whatever they want, because guess what? I believe in the American principles that this country was founded on. And they claim that my views hurt their feelings, make them feel unsafe And my presence should not be allowed on the campus in general because they are a student at the campus. There is a big difference between those two sides. We are not the same. So I want to just give you guys an idea of the video that they watched. Hey guys, it's Morgan Zeggers, and have you heard what the heck is going on in Loudoun County, Virginia? You need to know. First of all, let's start with this one. If you guys think women should feel safe in bathroom areas, then uh uh-oh, you are a bigot. And once the FBI is done throwing all the parents that are worried about critical race theory and sexual curriculum in the classrooms into their political prisons, they will be coming for you next, I swear. Here's a good example of what's to come. So in Loudoun County, Virginia, over 60 parents, students, and residents spoke at a school board meeting recently calling for the superintendent of the school board to resign after it was discovered that the school was covering up some really serious incidences of potential sexual assault. One mom even said, quote, this is not China, people. This is the United States of America, and we will not be silenced. Thank you, ma'am. Love that. But here's what led to this major moment. The first alleged assault apparently happened back in May when a ninth grade girl was assaulted in the girls bathroom by a boy wearing a skirt. This is graphic, but you need to know how scary this was. A boy in a skirt was charged with two counts of forced sodomy, one count of anal sodomy, and one count of forcible fellatio against this poor ninth grade girl in the girls' bathroom. Scott Smith is the father of the girl that was assaulted in May, and in June, he attended a school board meeting to voice his concerns over the new rules for the bathrooms that allowed boys who think they are girls to enter the girls' bathrooms. He said these questionable accommodations for transgender students factored into his daughter getting attacked in the girls' bathroom by a boy. But what happened to poor Scott Smith? He was arrested at the meeting and found guilty of resisting arrest and disorderly conduct. This did not reflect well on the administration and the school board, obviously. And so now that the Daily Wire has reported on the assault, and now that dozens of parents have attended the latest school board meeting to voice their concerns and demand accountability for the entire situation, and not only that, but to ask for better protection of their kids, the Loudoun County officials are copping out by saying they had no idea that this had been happening, and the specific details of the assault at the time in June when the concerned father was arrested. This favoring of appeasing transgender children over protecting young girls from dangerous and violent situations is disturbing, and it's gone way too far, okay? My favorite take on the whole thing comes from former Navy SEAL Rob O'Neill, who said, quote, I have daughters, I don't care how you identify. If I see or hear of you hurting a girl, may God have mercy on you, because I won't. Oh, I love to see some masculinity and protection back in our country. We've got to protect our daughters. Thank you, Rob O'Neill. So, yeah, I mean, I, I could continue on this, but I I just wanted to show you guys what they were saying because about 40 people were outside and I was walking with the, the security guards that were there for the event. We were just kind of walking around the, the buildings at first, kind of getting look at everything, and we walked by the protesters. It turns out that upset them even more because I, like, apparently they didn't like that I could see them through the glass wall, (laughs) and I, I, you know, waved at them, and they pointed their posters at me about how human rights are important, and I was like, yeah, they... They actually are. <laughs> um, thanks for thanks for letting me know that one, everybody. I had no idea. Um, so, yeah, we, we walked around. We saw everything. The event started, and, and it was great. There was so many people. There was a lot of people from Colorado, um, homeschool moms and homeschool families. Shout-out to at my little tribe on Instagram. She is, like, a, an iconic role model for me. She has so many children. They homestead. Her husband's amazing. I met him at America Fest. Um, their daughter... And I mean, I met all the daughters basically now. Um, They all came, and I got to meet, in addition to that, uh, a great friend that they brought along. And so it was just so many young girls and boys were actually brought to the event, and it was all people that I want to be a part of. I believe in in building community. And so to get to know that I'm reaching more mothers and homeschool moms specifically or women that do want to homeschool, and then not only that but their homeschool kids who are sharing their insight on it, It just, like, that's exactly the kind of space that I want to be moving into. So um, I, I was really glad that so many of those guys came out, not just students from the campus. But what do you know? Literally one person from outside at the protest came in for the actual event to to hear what I had to say. And no, it was not about trans issues. I was not there to blast trans people or anything like that. I was there, like I said, to talk about history and the importance of connecting past to present. And then also about how to live out your values rooted in freedom. I believe too many people say, oh, I'm conservative or I believe in freedom. I just want to be left alone. And I'm, I would like to be isolated. I don't do politics. Well, I make the argument that You have to do politics in a way that preserves your ability to be left alone because there's a lot of people out there that are actively every day doing politics in a way that destroys your way of life. So it's really unacceptable at this point to have any other opinion other than I'm going to rethink education, community, and leadership, and I'm going to start getting involved. And no, I'm not saying you have to run for Congress. I'm not saying you have to door knock every weekend, but for us to have um, more intentional communities would be a great start, and that starts – with ourselves and then our families and then our communities have that community level. So that's really what I talked about. And I don't know if maybe some other protesters had come in um, and maybe sat, but either way, I give a lot of credit because this one man, very sweet, he was gay and he had pink hair and he was wearing a mask and he clearly stood out and he kind of owned it. He was like, clearly <laughs> I don't agree with many of you guys, um, but I, I, I want to hear you out. And I actually had, not heard of you. I I thought based on that, that protest that, um, this was going to be a lot different based on what they were saying out there. And, and I appreciate hearing what you were saying. So he asked a question and the question was about how to bring people together. And I'll talk about that in a little bit, but first I wanted to talk about the fact that all those students are so misguided. And I, I feel so bad because like I said earlier, I think that this comes from a place of them wanting to be a part of something and wanting to be a part of, of the feeling of serving others and the feeling of having purpose, but it's just so misguided and misplaced because of the culture and because of the political situation in our country right now. Um, this wokeism is is so disturbing on many levels, but there's this sense of entitlement that I I don't know if it came from social media. I don't know if it came from just the the luxury that we live in these days where people really don't understand what it means to like have it hard. You know what I mean? Um, but these are some of the comments that came on the internet after these people protested and then didn't come to my event to hear me out or speak with me but then instead went right to social media after to share their lovely thoughts the first one says i'm just gonna like scroll here uh, internalized sexism is how a woman can be misogynistic in case you weren't able to find it in your internet search. See, they they kept bringing up the fact that I said that I had to internet search misogynistic. Yeah, you guys, it's because you always use all these weird words, and I really wanted to make sure you were calling me a woman, uh, hateful towards women. Um, So this is a classic tactic by leftists. So that's, I think, how they they justify that one, even though it sounds insane to tell a woman that she hates women, um, especially someone like me who is really about empowering women. So so that was one of them. The next one says, her presence on campus made many students feel unwelcome and unsafe because of her consistent transphobia. Again, you guys, I, I'm not going to beat a dead horse, but it's ridiculous to call me transphobic. Um, all I do is say, you just can't push this over-sexualized and, and anti-science stuff onto our children, and you cannot expect to interrupt women's sports or women's bathrooms, places that are supposed to be fair and safe and secure for women. It's against women to do stuff like that to them, especially when it's just appeasing less than 1% of the population. That should be something we can agree on. Next one was trans rights or human rights, cry about it. It's like, I i don't like to go on social media much, so it really surprises me when I am reminded that, that people think that that's uh, a flex, I guess, to comment that stuff on a stranger's post. Um, you know, it's, I see that stuff and I just kind of feel bad. Um, the next one says, this is what listen to this one. This one there, it's a good example of, they're just so demanding. They expect so much when really they have to learn the lesson that that's not how the real world works. Okay. You can't have these weird demands. And it reminds me of a story at American university where I went to college. Um, They wanted a segregated cafe on campus and they protested. They like sat in, in the Dean's office, they did all this stuff and then it wasn't working because I don't know, it's ridiculous to ask for a segregated cafe on campus. That's insane. And uh, so they didn't get their way. Eventually they, they decided to protest by blocking the entrance and exit of the parking garage on campus. We're a small campus. So we only had like two places to park mainly. And what do you know? They wanted to block the main one. And so the people leaving at the end of the day to try and go home (laughs) couldn't leave because they were trapped in there. And then the people that were trying to go from work to campus to go to their night classes because they were grinding away couldn't park and go to class. And it's that kind of inconveniencing, it does nothing for you. And to do that, inconvenience people in such a way in demand of a segregated cafe, that's not how things work. It's not how the real world works. And it's not how you achieve effective change. But this person said, Um, Then you will say that you think trans people, particularly trans kids, should be allowed to express their identities freely? Will you tell all your followers that trans people's identities deserve to be recognized with some basic dignity, that they shouldn't be marginalized for who they are? You guys, when have I ever said that these people should be looked down upon or are evil or, or should be treated in a way that's worse than another human? What they are putting on to me is wrong and it it's it's inflammatory And it only makes the division in this country worse. They say, if you are willing to say that as well as denounce the don't say gay bill that will forcefully out gay and trans kids to their parents without their consent and creates a hostile environment towards them, then maybe I'll believe you when you say you aren't transphobic. It's like who goes into the comment section of a stranger and demands that they, they send out a list of all the ways that they um, are now in favor of your political views. Like I need you to now tell me this random stranger in your comment section that you believe in. XYZ, and then I'll believe that you're not transphobic. I'm not trying to convince you that I'm not transphobic. I don't give a crap what you think. I know that you're pushing this false narrative onto me because you have nothing else to say except ad hominem attacks, so we don't waste our time with these people, you guys. But the what I want to share with you in this, this example of a comment is that these people really think that they have the ability to go into a stranger's comment section and demand that they stand against transphobia if they just do XYZ of of what they would like um, you to say. And that's so strange to me. That's not how the real world works. That's not how adulting works. And once you leave that college campus, here's the thing. You think that their radicalism is going to diminish once they reach the real world, you know, once they enter the workforce. No. The problem is they have this behavior, this totalitarian behavior. They graduate and then they bring it with them into the workforce. Now, they don't become more conservative after they pay taxes a little bit. They like this idea of paying more taxes and they are indoctrinated into this perspective of thinking and this role of government in your life. So they take this mentality of making you demanding in your comment section that you stand against transphobia for who knows what and they take that with them into the bureaucracy where they get a job or when they join a political office or when they join corporate america or they join big tech or whatever they go off and do it's very very sad um next one I could continue to use your platform to speak to your subscribers. I think the students across campuses in America are speaking truthfully when we say, go the fuck home, you bigoted, transphobic disgrace of a woman. Uh, Again, it's like, I just think that's kind of sad, you know? Um, I don't know. (laughs) I I hate to be, like, aggressive on this, but I don't know what's going on in her life that, that makes her feel as if that's a way to behave, and I... I'm getting to a point now, you guys, where when I see this stuff, I just look at it and I think in my head, listen, we're not the same. We are not the same, okay? It, you post that kind of stuff on strangers' comments sections on the internet, and I just evaluate it as a case study for behavior of radical leftists and then move on in my day. Um, have a nice day. But yes, I am a bigoted transphobic disgrace of a woman for defending women against unfair policies. The next one says, girl, can you please get the name of the school right? If you're going to come speak at a school, bitches shouldn't be able to drag you within five seconds of your response video. I, I included this one for you guys because I just hate how young people speak these days. Maybe I'm a grandma or maybe I'm just traditional and maybe I'm just normal in the sense that w- when did we start speaking to other humans like this? Um, the idea that this is going to have any positive impact. It's not. And so I, I don't go into this assuming that they're trying to change minds or anything. I think they just really feel a thrill from behaving in this way and speaking to others in this fashion. And again, it makes me really sad for my generation. Um, Yeah. I I think she's mad. Uh, I did like a selfie video on it. And even though I know it's Colorado school of mines, I did a selfie video with the students and apparently I called it school of the mines. Uh Oh, Um, in one of the selfie videos that I did. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So she was, you know, she thought it was a flex to call me out for including the word the in the school name on accident. Do you see where it's, I, I think they're just searching for ways to feel like they're contributing to something. Next says, if your rights don't end at my feelings, then why do my trans rights end at yours? Um, they, they don't. I don't believe your rights as a human end at my feelings. And my feelings regarding the issue of, of transgenderism uh, really aren't feelings at all. I just uh, am observing the facts that biologically we're different. And it's not fair to allow a male that biologically went through, especially went through puberty to compete against women in a sport because there's not just hormone levels to account for, but bone density, muscle strength, muscle capabilities. And even with the Olympics, when they established that trans athletes could compete, so boys turned into girls, if they had a certain level low enough of testosterone, they could compete against women. But then when you look into it, it turns out that those levels of testosterone are like still multiple times greater than the levels of testosterone in women naturally born women. And so it's still not fair. And that's not feelings at all, but I believe in having basic truth, objective truth in society. And so it's not a feeling for me to say that, yes, sometimes as humans, we have to have hard conversations. And maybe one of those hard conversations shouldn't be emotional, but it's something we should be agreeing on. And it's that it's fine if you want to go be be trans, but you can't push it on other people. And your body was built in an unfair way compared to natural women. So yeah, you can go be trans, but you're not going to be able to compete against naturally born women because it's not fair. They put a lot of work and time and money and, and love and passion into their sport. They're competing for scholarships. They're competing for medals that they've been working for years for of their life for. And uh, it's just not fair. And so sometimes you have to suck it up. I mean, Life comes with making hard decisions and you have to understand that all decisions come with consequences. There's pluses and minuses. And I think when you consider transitioning, when you consider moving forward, when you consider, you know, as a trans person, I want to play sports. You're going to have to say, there are going to be some competitions that I'm not going to be allowed in. and, And that's okay because I understand I'm not fairly competing. Now, if we could all act like rational adults, that seems like something we could agree on. Same thing with, with the transgender bathrooms. If we already know that there is a potential solution out there to have single-lock, one-use-only, or single-use-only bathrooms in buildings to make anybody feel more comfortable if they want to use that one, that's a safer solution. Instead of saying, you know what, if you want, as a boy, and maybe you feel like a girl or you you have you know done your transition into a girl, you can go into the girl's bathroom. Or if you just feel as if you are now a woman and you are biologically male, you can go into the girl's bathroom. It's too dangerous to risk the safety and security of 50% of the population for less than 1%. And so that's why we should be looking at other opportunities. I actually asked um, the, the one man that came um, uh, from the protest— that, you know, we disagreed and he was talking to me about the issues. We talked about curriculum. We talked I asked him about the over sexualization stuff. What does he think? I asked him about the bathrooms. And and he says, Yeah, I actually agree with you on the single use bathrooms. That's that's something we could agree on because we were trying to find common ground. And so I was like, I'm kind of curious with you guys, the left is all about community organizing. And I really admire the fact that you guys are so good at it. <laughs> you know, I mean they're genius at it. And um conservatives were were kind of struggling. But I also see that I don't believe in government solutions. The left does. And so while they're good at community organizing, they're organizing the community to get government action on things and to get more government power. But I asked him, how come you guys don't consider more community level solutions because you're so good at local organizing? What I would think would be something that they could do. And I was just kind of spitballing with him. I was like, why don't you guys consider fundraising and working to help places where maybe trans kids go or trans people go helping them afford to build a single use bathroom because not all restaurants especially small businesses and and other places have the budget to say you know what you're right now like maybe they don't want to risk having boys go into the girls bathroom but they also can't afford creating a single-use bathroom for people so i think it would be great if communities on a community level helped fundraise for these businesses to be able to afford a renovation like that seems like a a nice community level consensual option for everybody instead of um what's going on these days and he was like actually that's that's a, a great idea and so we went back and forth on it and i really really again appreciated that he stayed um So again, you guys, this is not about me thinking anybody's rights should be infringed upon. uh, And it's certainly not my feelings at all. This is about safety and security and objective truth and fairness in in society. And I don't mean like progressive fairness, like equity, but I mean truly looking at a situation and saying, is someone being wronged here in a way that that should not be allowed in a fair society? So uh, next one. Let's see this The safe space is the school, protected by yours truly, the fellow gays. If you want to threaten students, be my guest. But we will continue to fight for it to be a safe space indeed, and I think we are doing quite well. They also said, as a Colorado School of Mines student, we want to know what your stance is on trans rights as well as LGBTQ rights if you would be so inclined. It's my school. It's my safe space. And it concerns me in this commentary. You did not talk about your views on trans rights at all. Speak to the issue at hand and address our voice as loud as it has become. I think you should be honest and tell us who you are if you want to speak on our turf. (laughs) You guys. Uh, Okay, I'll start with this, this second part of what they commented. Um, so it's her school, it's her safe space, right? Um, I, I mean, you're a student on the school for sure, but that doesn't mean that just because someone makes you feel uncomfortable, they, they aren't allowed on campus. That's not really how America works. Um, the part of, we want to know your stance on trans rights as L, as well as LGBTQ plus rights, if you would be so inclined again, it, I don't owe you anything. I was there to speak about history and economics and a few other things about living a free lifestyle. I wasn't even coming to talk about trans issues. You cannot just demand these things from people. That's not how the real world works. And so it's so strange to me that they they demand these things from you in the comment section. That being said, she also didn't come to the event or ask me questions in person. She instead, after I spoke, said, I think you should be honest and tell us who you are if you want to speak on our turf. Okay. well, the event already happened, honey. The event has happened. It ended. It went fine. No rights were oppressed. No people were harmed. Everything was hunky-dory. And, uh, yeah, you then just felt the need to go demand for my opinions in my comment section. I don't owe you anything. The world doesn't owe you anything. And just because you feel uncomfortable does not mean you can ban other people's opinions or presence on a, a college campus. Um, so it's very, again, very, very sad. The concept, though, about, you know, protected by yours truly, the fellow gays, the safe space is the school. If you want to threaten students, be my guest. That's what's so strange about it. Again, I was just coming to talk to some students on campus, and now it has been turned into by these political actors and protesters that just are looking for a problem. It's turned into now I'm I'm threatening students with with what? The fact that I, I covered a story once or twice about maybe women's sports or about a girl being assaulted in a bathroom. And it happened to be by a trans guy. Um, yeah, or trans woman. I don't know. Um, that that's where this really, you lose me because you guys, I'm kind of, I don't mean to talk about myself, but I am aware of the fact that I am considered one of the less controversial people out there in the world of, of commentary and politics. Okay. I am not a come to your campus and scream at you and try and get some, some owning moment that will go viral on social media. I was just there to talk to some students and, and especially the young students that want advice and, and want guidance on how they can improve their communities and their country, not in a controversial way. So for the lefties out there, when you go after someone like me and decide to call someone like me a transphobe and me misogynistic and me against human rights, you just make yourself look really, really bad and you take away from your legitimacy in this space. Uh, I hope that you can see how ridiculous you sound. And I will say too as well, I mean, the if you go back up to that comment about the people, if you are willing to say that as well as denounce the don't say gay bill, are you guys kidding me? They are calling me transphobic and saying that I need to denounce the don't say gay bill in Florida that is there to protect children from being sexualized in the classroom and have that hidden from their parents. It's unacceptable to me. And so with that kind of stuff, I have no shame in saying absolutely not. And I think more people need to because more people need to be vocal about this in order to show these radicals that they have crossed the line. Okay. They've crossed the line between, you know what you do, you, you do your thing. Just don't, you know, push it onto us. They are now coming after kids and that's not acceptable. So along the same lines, after the event, I talked to the one pink haired man who is very sweet. And when I was talking to him, I wish I could remember his name. Um, but unfortunately I just keep remembering him and referring to him as the pink hair man i don't mean that in any weird way i just i have a terrible memory um he was very sweet and he was explaining his view as as a gay man and um there was also someone standing with us and he had come to the speech he said he was from utah and that he as a utah person was like a mitt romney conservative and that he is kind of like a rhino and he self-identified as that and i was like interesting because um, I am uh, a little more conservative than, than that. Do you know what I mean? So I, I, it was interesting to hear his point of view. But I was talking to the gay man and I was asking him all about things. And we got talking about curriculum. And I, I asked him, why do you do it? And he explained that it's to him it's not to oversexualize children at a young age. Especially, I mean, in Florida they're trying to push it at third grade, second grade, first grade. It's insane. Um, but he said it's it's because when he was so young that's when he started to feel those feelings and he knew from such a young age and he wish he had that support. And so the, the goal of him and his friends and allies is to reach those young children that are also confused, that are also like him and help them out from a younger age to begin with. And it's, it's nice to hear his perspective, but I just can't agree with it. And, and I told him that and we were fine with disagreeing. It was like a very civil conversation, but I just, I cannot get behind talking about such inappropriate content and information with children at such a young age. It's just inappropriate to talk about it at all. And I worry about the impact that it has on them to explain it in that way. I actually have a friend who has uh, a 12-year-old daughter. And he said, she came back from school one day and said, Dad, I had a lesson on all the sexualities. I am now pansexual. (laughs) so he had to actually Google what pansexual meant because he had no idea and it means like you love everybody. And so, I mean, yeah, if you tell 12 year olds that there's an option for, oh, you love everybody, then yeah, I bet you a lot of 12 year olds are going to choose that they're pansexual because kids are loving and they're sweet and they're so innocent and they have no idea what most of this stuff even means. So that's why I, I just can't get behind it. Um, then we got talking about women's sports and that's where he tried to reference the fact that there's ways to make sure there's fairness with testosterone levels and everything and he cited the Olympic requirements. And I said, well, yeah, I mean, have you looked into the Olympic requirements though? That's still multiple times higher amounts of testosterone allowed in the biological males that are competing against women than natural women have. And so it's still not fair. What about the bone density? What about the structure of their body? What about the ability for their muscles to build? There are multiple things that lead to unfairness. And you cannot deny the fact that every single time they compete against women, they still smash the records. There's a reason for that. And it's not fair. So what I found so interesting is he then saw, he was like, I totally see that and there's got to be a way for us to come together on this and find a solution. And it was great. But then the rhino next to me continued to ask me, well, I just don't see why that's such a problem. I just feel like we're focusing on such a small problem. Why are we making this such a big deal? Like, it's just sports. It's just women's sports. It's just a competition. It's just a bathroom. And it was so disheartening. Because I know, like... if I marry a man, I want him for sure to absolutely, as a man, in his masculine role in society, as, as the leader of the family, I want him to want to and understand the importance of defending women's uniqueness in society. And not only that, but our differences. I want him to defend women's sports. I want him to feel defensive about our daughters going into a girl's bathroom and feeling safe and secure in an intimate area. And I I can't imagine being with someone who wouldn't, you know what I mean? It's really, really disheartening to know that that someone like him, a conservative, could look at this issue and then not care about the fact that we need to protect basic science, basic truth, and have objectivity in society. So it matters to me, but also it, it came off so strange to me because, you know, Maybe it is just a competition, but what kind of standard do we set in society if we tell girls or anybody, you can work so hard years of your life and work up to this moment and lose a scholarship because a biological male is stronger than you and just competed against you in an unfair competition or or you're going to lose this medal and he was like well yeah it's just a medal and he just kept saying that and and if you can't see the value of having a moral society that believes in fairness and competition and having basic standards of morality of what's right and wrong in situations like that and in seeing the difference between appeasing one percent and maybe trying to help uh, the few trans students that are out there feel comfortable if they want to use a bathroom helping them find a solution versus risking it by saying hey if you're a guy you could technically go in the girls bathroom if you want to say you're a girl that week because that's what's happening and then abuse is happening in the bathrooms and 50 percent of the population the girls are suffering from this and not just i'm not saying everybody's actually getting attacked but we're now at risk and this is about protecting children and their security most importantly so this matters. And if you're a conservative that says, eh, it's just a sports competition, then you need to wake up to the fact that this has now become mainstream and it's now the Overton window has shifted so much thanks to the work of the radical left that we are very, very far behind on this and we've got to pick it up. Um, I want to close off with this. So I thought it was so awesome. When I got into Colorado, I landed and then I had a, an Uber to my hotel and the Uber driver was from Iraq. And, uh, my dad served in Iraq and I think 2005 and we ended up talking and he said, you need to text your dad right now and tell him I'm a part of the KBR or I don't know if it's the, or just KBR. Um, so then I did. And my dad replied and he was like, damn. And so this guy's telling me his great story, how he came to America. And then he ended up, we just talked about his family. We talked about his beautiful wife and she had a kid. And so now he's a stepdad and he just loves the kids so much. And he was telling me all about it and giving me all this parenting advice. It was really, really sweet. And then he was so excited to tell me just a few months ago, he bought a home in Colorado and he says he just loves the fact that the, the weather there is nice and cool and there's mountains and Unlike Iraq where he's all sweaty and moist all the time and it's humid, he can go outside and explore the outdoors all the time and it's nice and crisp. And then he he showed me his home and he was just so excited and proud of the home. He was like, look, it's like a mansion. And he made the investment and then now because of the, the boom and the real estate market, he has made so much money from it. Because he was smart with his dollars and he's driving Uber, but he has this beautifully big house, a great investment that he's making money on. He's taking care of his family and he's just so proud to be here in this country. And it was such a great reminder, especially as I was heading to go do that college campus speech. It's always fascinating to see people that aren't from this country and see how grateful they are to have made it here and to be able to build the life and live the American dream and, and buy that home for the family for the first time and live in it, invest in the property and, and grow it for greater value. That's going to be there for years to come. It was just really something special. So, um, it's great to see that gratitude. And then it's so wild to see the ingratitude that's there on college campuses for the people that are born here that now want to try some really dangerous ideologies. But um, with that being said, thank you guys for listening. If you guys want to support, you can buy a flag at ZegersFreedomFlags.shop or you can subscribe. I would really appreciate it. Subscribe and give me five stars on the um, little review thingy for the podcast and say this is the best podcast you ever did here. I'll see you next time. Have a good week. Thank you. Mm